ready for the interview today. Welcome back, <laughs> Karina. Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for having me back. Um, yeah, I was I was cramming for finals today, and the first thing I looked up was where to get Narcan, and it took me direct. I just Googled it, and it took me directly to GoodRx, and GoodRx gave the prices. And I think I think the best price was three fifty for a two pack at, at Albertsons, what have you. But all the usual suspects were in there, uh, CVS and Walgreens and whatnot. But there was also a lot of Answers that said, if you'll just ask drug stores, county health department, city health department, state health department, yep. you probably get them free. So it kind of put me in mind of COVID tests. It's like, well, if you just walk up and pull out your card, they're going to charge you 20, 30 bucks. But if you'll do a little homework and ask, you can probably get it free. So before we get into nuts and bolts of Narcan and fentanyl um, overdose, that's, are people getting it from drug stores? Where are they getting Narcan? I don't think so. I think most of it's from public health office, stuff like that, Department of Health. I run a community center in Santa Fe. By the way, we're in well over 100 cities now. Awesome. So I no longer assume that somebody can drive to the address I give them because <laughs> they, <laughs> they they might be in London and they might be in Miami, um, which is great. Love, love hearing from people that are listening in other cities. So thank you for the support. But we're let's just limited to the United States. Um, everybody's got a city health department and a county health department and a state health department. Go on their website and start looking around for Narcan supplies. Is that, is that what's up? You probably. Know? Or call your local shelter. They could probably direct you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Karina's uh, third time appearance on the show uh, runs a large homeless shelter in Santa Fe. And the fentanyl thing, how's... how's when did you first start hearing about fentanyl? What's going on? With that? Uh, it, it was uh, some years ago, but per what, excuse me, what I was watching on YouTube of there's uh, certain shows, podcasts, and stuff that I was watching that was talking about fentanyl and car fentanyl. What was the second thing you said? Car C- car fentanyl. Um, it's a it's a another synthetic type of fentanyl, okay. All right. um, and that, that they were you know I want to say it was like three or four years ago, and usually it, it hits I think larger cities first, and then starts making its way to the center of the country. And so we we knew we were going to see it eventually. Now, that being said, I I don't think anybody was prepared for how bad it was going to be, or it is. Hmm. So, But I, I have to say really quick, yeah. when you first started, you were like, oh, I Googled how to... And for a second, I thought you were going to say I Googled where to find fentanyl. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> but thank I goodness am, you said Narcan. So. I, am, I am working the other side of the street. And I also... Why did I look this up? Maybe it's something led me... You know, the rabbit trail. You've got to help you if you ever look at your own search history. You're like... <laughs> Yeah, I was watching. It. I was watching a scene from Glee. I don't know what to tell you on that one. I was <laughs> I was in a fugue state. Uh, that uh, okay. What I'm trying to spit out is I saw marijuana laced with fentanyl is now police departments are on the lookout and stuff. Do you think that's worth worrying about, or is that a scare tactic? Somebody like razor blades and apples uh, on Halloween. Yeah, I would equate it to that. Okay. I don't think it's especially like here in New Mexico and a lot of states it's legal. So you're getting, you know, it. I guess if you're really buying your weed off the street, I, I, you know, it could happen, but I don't think it's an actual thing. I think it's more of an urban myth. Okay. You know, it probably did happen in one instance with somebody, and it's usually your friend, like, messing with you or somebody. I don't think people are like, oh, I'm going to sell weed and then just lace it with fentanyl. So, yeah, no, in my opinion, it's urban myth. Gotcha. Thanks. Um, so, But it does... You deal with fentanyl overdoses in your in your line of work, don't you? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, we do. I mean, it's it's part of the work. It's usually not a lot of people think um, that it's happening a lot as for us, like in the shelter. And that's actually not. It's usually around the area, True. Uh, you know, outside our gates or across the street, this and that. Usually we're the first point of contact because the guests know, people know that we have Narcan and that staff can respond. So we're the first go to people aren't. Interestingly, people aren't calling 911. They're running to the shelter and like, hey, we need you. And then we're calling 911. Uh, you know, I, I probably got ahead of myself with fentanyl because it's any opioid. And there's a lot of opioid use and addiction in this country and overdose and dangerous. Not just the one drug fentanyl. Am I? No, that would be accurate. I think it's just the pills right now, the illicit ones, the the fake press pills have flooded the streets. And really, um the harder part is for like the younger population is they're taking it, assuming it's like oxycodone or oxycodone. And it's not it's not meant to actually be consumed as a pill. And and that's where you're seeing accidental overdoses where, you know, if somebody took an oxycodone, they're ne- not necessarily going to overdose unless it's a really potent one because oxycodone is like a regular prescribed opiate right but if you're taking a fentanyl pill that you think is oxycontin oxycodone something like that yeah i think that's happening with the younger population the younger kids are like oh pills okay so um sorry that was a lot no no no. (laughs) so i i think what i missed was you're distinguishing between if they do prescribe fentanyl for people with terrible cancer pain that sort of thing yeah yeah okay I don't actually know about this. Stuff, yeah, so and it was actually originally used in, uh, I think, even surgeries because really potent, but, um, you know, it wears off really quickly. And that's the thing with the street fentanyl. Same thing. It's really potent, but it wears off. You mean like in a couple hours you're... Yeah, to- you're, especially if you build up a tolerance, you're going to need more. Okay. So if if I'm being treated for terrible, terrible pain and I've got a legitimate, appropriate prescription for fentanyl and... In my other hand, I've got something I bought <laughs> behind the Seven Eleven that looks the same. Obviously, we have no, we know no way of really know what the what the the bathtub gin version of it is. But is it probably really stronger? Is it is it dirtier? What what? Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. When people talk about fentanyl, they're they're talking about the illicit version, not the pharmaceutical grade, okay. where there's checks and balances, quality control, and you know, like you said, the bathtub version is like whatever they've mixed in it. Oh God. To as additives to press the pill, and they even stamp the pills with the. It kind of looks like the logo for oxycodone. Okay. Um, and so uh, we've had to give it out here in in my community center a handful of times over the course of a year. Is that do you track the same kind of numbers or is it? Yeah, I mean it has changed. Granted, for us, part of the shelters we were discouraging from people camping and loitering around the shelter, and part of. The issue there when we did that is, you know, people overdosing elsewhere, right? Um, instead of just around the shelter where they can come and grab a staff. Or, um, so there for a while, I was, I was very specifically tracking it. We were averaging one overdose reversal a month okay. in, an av- in, in a span of a year, right? Um, that has since changed. And for me, part of that is that protocol of not uh, having people camping around the shelter or loitering around the shelter and acknowledging that they're probably using elsewhere. And if they OD, there's nobody there to to respond. So they're two miles away in a city park and they've overdosed. Do they end up on your doorstep some kind of way? Is that what you're saying? Or or you never hear about that person? No, sometimes we hear, especially if it's somebody familiar with the, the community, the homeless community, be like, oh, so-and-so. 
um, overdose. We did have somebody overdose, and it was really hard with the staff because we couldn't. By the time we got there, we couldn't reverse it. So it was like a couple blocks down. So by the time somebody came to us and let us know, we tried to administer the the reversal, and then the the paramedics arrived. They also tried, and it was at that point it was too late. Okay, so do you have? People walking in going, I took too much or I smoked. Are they, they're smoking it off foil, you told me. Yeah, interestingly. Yeah, a lot of it is, is well, it's meant to be smoked off foil. I think that's how it's now uh, being produced, right, to be smoked. Again, if you're a kid who doesn't know and you're just wanting to experiment or whatever, um, that's why you're seeing overdoses in young people who are actually ingesting it. It's not meant to be ingested. Oh, oh. You smoke it off a piece of foil. The bathtub version is built to be crushed and smoked. Yeah, That's they don't the even idea. crush it. They, uh, You get a strip of foil, um, they put the pill, and then, you know, they light it underneath. And mm-hmm. then usually they have a straw or a pen or something. And then they uh, use that to inhale the smoke. And uh, so how do you know somebody has overdosed do their friends tell you or you've well if they're what, with somebody when it, at the shelter you know usually somebody's running and saying hey so and so is not responding usually right. they know they're like oh they're overdosing you know sometimes there is that fear of like the police or criminal consequences they'll be like oh they're you know something's wrong they're not they're not responding um are, but, are they always out like a light or are they sometimes semi-lucid but no, uh, typically armed. when we get called, they're out. Okay. And, and usually the fingertips, the tip of the nose, the lips start to turn blue. Holy. Okay. Because it suppresses the respiratory system. So people get so relaxed um, with the opiate that they stop breathing. It it suppresses the respiratory system. So a lot of times they just kind of, you know, you you hear about people nodding out. Well, a lot of that will be they, they stop right. breathing. Right. <laughs> and the uh, pupils are pinned. Is that? Is yeah, that it? It, it, just with any other opiate, the the pupils get pinpoint or mm. they it, it tightens. And when people are withdrawing, it does the opposite. Their eyes start to dilate when they're going through withdrawal. All right, time to talk about the solution or or the band aid, which is Narcan. Narcan to me, is the solution is getting, getting in sober and <laughs> saving lives. Not getting high. Okay, it's it's not even a band aid. It's just saving a life. It's. Yeah. I'm, it's I'm the meant, modern day Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> I mean, it's I meant treating the symptoms. That's the yeah. only thing I meant by that. Okay, gotcha. So, if you've never seen, which I hadn't until we had a fellow from the state department come in and, and do a training here at the at the community center, uh, it's it's not much more complicated than Afrin. It's a little you can see a picture of it online. It's a little gadget that's a one shot nasal spray. You wait until the or you put the person on their back, put it pretty far up their nose, like a half an inch or so. And squeeze it. It's a one-shot deal. You throw it in the garbage after the one dose, and hopefully you've got more available if something yes. goes, if you miss or it falls out or they need more than one. You're supposed to give it a couple of minutes and yes. try again. Yeah. But it's very benign. You can do it on kids. It, you, it doesn't. Yeah. No, if, if, you know. if you're not overdosing, it's not going to do anything to you. It's like no. somebody squirting water up your nose. Right. Okay. So the Good Samaritan law applies if you're nervous about, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. Stop and try to help this. Do you, do you have some in your car? Do you carry it with you? It's like carry, a fire yes, extinguisher? Yes, okay. exactly. All yeah, because right. you never know when you're going to need it. And it's always better to, you know, side on the, or err on the side of caution if somebody's down. You don't know what they've taken. Typically, it's not. It's my understanding that there's not any side effects or it's not going to, like, contraindicate with other medications or anything. You can just administer it. Obviously, if it's not an overdose or at least an opiate overdose, it's uh, the person's still not going to respond. 
so you you see the earmarks of overdose. You give them a. Have, have you ever been? Have you seen it in use? Like personally? Oh yeah, right there? I've, I've I've administered it. it. Okay. Yeah. What was it and like? What'd you do? How'd it's it go? scary. The scarier part is seeing somebody blue and unresponsive. It's that part is what what's really scary. And then just trying to encourage them to take a breath and you know we administer it give it a few minutes usually you're doing what's called a sternal rub where you're like trying to get evoke that that response of taking a breath so we'll do that flutter the eyelashes just usually what you and i'll be like you know take a breath with um Mm -hmm. and hoping um i've seen people pat on the back too of like again just trying to evoke that taking a breath response get them to come around yeah so you give it a few minutes. I will say with fentanyl, we've had to administer more than one dose of Narcan. You, you administer the first blast and then call 911, get an ambulance oh, there? Oh, we're that... doing it simultaneously. The moment somebody tells us somebody's not outside needing medical attention, we're calling 911. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And again, urban myth, did, have, did it come up swinging? I've heard people come up. It's like I've waking up a rattlesnake. Okay. had somebody wake up swinging. Okay. I've heard it. I've heard it's happened. I I've never seen it happen. Usually the person's really groggy, confused. The other end of that, and I let my staff know and volunteers know, is like very rarely do you like, oh, you saved my life. Oh, thank you so much. It's like a lot of times it's like, thanks, you just ruined my hat. Like, wow. <laughs> so you have to go into it knowing, like, you know, uh, probably the person's overdosed before. It's uh, very in my field, it's very rarely like a first instance. Um, there was one woman who just, I think, when she came to and realized what happened, she did freak out and, but not violently. It was like just sobbing uncontrollably of like, oh, I almost died. But I've never had anybody like wake like come up swinging or anything like that. Well, I was watching a documentary called Pulp Fiction, where uh, John Travolta and Eric Stoltz <laughs> had a had a needle about three feet long, and they. Drew a dot on her. Wait a second. I mean, that it's w- a great scene for film. Okay. <laughs> Man, spoil, spoil. And she came up swinging. All yeah. Right. Well, and that was adrenaline, wasn't it? Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love okay. that documentary. You know, with with your luck, this is going to be the this is going to be the teaser for the podcast for an incredibly serious, right? Nay, tragic topic. We're yeah. going on. Well, I, I was watching the show, too, and the same thing. They're administering Narcan like a like you shoot, you know, just put it in the leg, like through a syringe. And I was like, nobody uses that anymore. Like, oh, you know, that paramedics do have Narcan and syringes and stuff. But everyday people do not. You have Narcan. And I I wish I get it. It's it's a show. It's they don't want to totally go into reality, I guess. But I think for because a lot of people end up educated from what they watch on TV. Of, of going, like, if we're going to do this, let's make it look real. I've seen fake overdoses on TV shows, and I'm like, it's nothing like that. Like, people this, are going to expect that. This came up in uh, the making of Breaking Bad. I'm in the film business here in northern <laughs> New Mexico. And that was, you know, a huge, very important show. And the <laughs> how many 10 seasons of, of uh, them cooking up meth? And they're like, yeah, we, we don't want to be total Hollywood BS, but we don't really want to... <laughs> <laughs> be an instruction manual. On yeah, that. it's it's a fine line, right? But for me, I'm like, if it's an overdose, if it's administering Narcan, let's try to make at least so people are like, oh, that's what it looks like, right? Not the the Pulp Fiction documentary version of like popping up and or swinging, you know, that might make people afraid to respond. Did you tell me or did you hear the same thing I heard about Prince, the artist 
That he, he musical artist. He overdosed. He overdosed. That they. This is what I heard. That he went to the hospital. They treated him with Narcan, and he seemed okay. And he went home, and he he had so much in his system that it re yep. re overdosed. When when yep. the benefits wore off, mm-hmm. he had so much in his. And what was he five foot one or something? Right. Yeah. Had that much in his system. Um, that it was the. <sighs> They they didn't go the distance with with taking care of him, sent him home, and he died. Yep. For without using again. Had yep. That's a that thing. Accurate. Okay. That's why we always try to encourage people, like when we reverse do an overdose reversal, of going to the hospital, going with the EMTs. Ultimately, they can decline. But for me, it's like please go because it can. You know, if you've used enough, it can still. The Narcan will wear off, and the opiates will still be there. And yeah, people have died from. Being administered Narcan, refusing medical attention, or even being discharged from a hospital too soon, and the use, you know, the it's still very present in the system and can still cause overdose death. If my aunt is living with me and she's on OxyContin or something, should I keep this stuff around just in case, or is it is that... Is that an ethical question or some advice? No, I, I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just saying, if people, if they're using legitimately, you know... Uh, um, Opioids, should they have Narcan around just in Oh, absolutely. You know, there for a while the they were encouraging and I think the like the emergency department here was also uh dispensing Narcan with uh prescription opiates. So if they'd write a prescription for opiates, they'd write one for Narcan as well. I'm all for taking the uh what's it the you know, the the onus off of it, the the bad you know, the idea of, of having Narcan be a dirty word. It's it's like a fire extinguisher. Keep it around in case it's needed. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. At worst case scenario, it sits in your shelf forever and you never need to use it. And that's that's a wonderful thing. But yeah, I encourage more people to get it. Like it's, yeah, just like you would have an emergency kit in your car, Band-Aids or, you know, whatever you have an emergency kit, uh, first aid kit. Yeah. I, 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 I think it'd be wonderful to have that in there. I mean, it it won't harm you. You administer it. If it brings a person back, amazing. If if that's not the cause of the medical emergency, then no harm, no foul. Um, and moving on till the paramedics get there. You know. So the numbers are terrible in New Mexico right now with fentanyl overdose deaths have, have skyrocketed. Are, is that usually one ingredient in a bigger picture? Like somebody's super drunk and also gets high on fentanyl and... Um, or they're ill and weakened in that way. Um, what's what's accounting for these huge numbers of overdose deaths in the state? I think the potency and the lack of of regulation of how much you're actually taking in, you know. And I think it will, the, a lot of times the highest overdoses are happening with people who are coming out of recovery or in recovery relapse. That old and thing go, about yeah. heroin you're used to taking a lot and then you get clean for a while and you go back to your old... Yeah, because your I'm body out. gets used to not having that flood of dopamine and then wow. you start uh, using it again. And yeah, the the other thing is like mixing your drugs. It's always like trying to educate people because it does suppress the respiratory system. So does alcohol. So do benzodiazepines. So if you're mixing those, there is a good chance you could overdose. Right. Oh, boy. Well, thank you for fighting the good fight. and. uh well, for, thank you for, for having me on here. To educate, you're, you're always welcome back, and and uh, you know you're a real blessing here in the community. We need we need more people like you doing what you do. So thank well, you, thank you, thank you All for right. having me on.